it's not being mindful of your money and not respecting it. That stops most people. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. What's up, everybody? It's Brad from House Hacking Success, and today I want to talk to you about my absolute favorite real estate app, which is Landlordy. If you're anything like me, you're an action taker and a doer, which means that administrative work gets in the way of our progress. I am horrible at keeping track of receipts, keeping track of the safety checks I need to do and routine checkups on my properties and keeping tabs on my tenants and the lease renewals and keeping tabs where my leases are. And Landlordy is an absolute lifesaver for me. With Landlordy, you can manage information about your properties, your tenants, keep contact information and documents easily accessible at your fingertips no matter where you are in the world. If you're a traveler like I am, you can find this information on the beach and get the information to the people that need it. You can track your expenses in seconds, keep them organized, Use device camera to add expense receipts in seconds, which is absolutely amazing. Landlordy will remind you on your landlord duties like late rent payments, upcoming lease renewals, or appliance safety checks. Manage your business on the road or from the beach. Keep your rental business and related documents a few touches away day or night with Landlordy. Start managing your rental business on your iPhone or iPad. Go to landlordy.com forward slash house hacking. For 30% off Landlordy Plus, which is absolutely amazing. I personally use it. Go there today for house hacking success listeners only. Until you get your house in order, you you don't have the mentality to do it and you're going to lose. So if I think that's what stops most people, is it's it's up here. Because if it was a if it was a money thing that stopped us from investing, none of us would ever invest because most of us don't start with money. Is that correct? That's absolutely we really correct. Don't. Welcome to House Hacking Success. Today, we have our first ever second-time guest. Mark, we appreciate you coming on. No problem, man. I love I love talking to you guys. This is great. So before we get into the show, I just want to say that, Mark, I believe you're the most underrated follow on Instagram. Uh, huh. You and, and Rick Jarman, I mean, I wish I could be a bug on the wall every time you two talk. Uh, I always learn something, and uh, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Rick and I... Uh... We talk almost every day on the phone, so it's we're we're having a good time. We're having yeah, a good time, and, sure. and you know for we sure. didn't we didn't we didn't come into this with any uh, preconceived notions as to what even what we wanted to do with it. But we're both having a ball, and it's fun to be able to share, well, especially with there's so many young people out there. So yeah, we're yeah. we're having fun. And you two are genuine people, which is really really hard to come by. You know, most I people have angles, uh, like you said. You guys didn't come into it with anything. That's the essence of why I think you guys are so important for people to reach out to and follow because you guys really are just doing it for the love of the game. You know, you know what you're doing. You've been doing it so long. Uh, and that's why I say what I say. And anyone that isn't following you or doesn't know, isn't familiar with you, we'll have your link in the bio or uh, in the uh, show notes and they can follow you. Thank you. I I, I appreciate that. That's cool. uh, I'm having fun with it. It's so, so it's, for people that it's are, on a life, it's taken on a life of its own. So for people unfamiliar with you, uh, let's yeah. catch them up a little bit about your background, what got you into real estate, and uh, a little bit where you are today. Okay, Brad. Yeah. Um, well, the quick and dirty is I've been a contractor all my life. Uh, I grew up uh, grew up in the mountains where it's cold, you know, not cold here, but grew up in the mountains where it's cold, learning, you know, how to build stuff, put in fireplaces for the most part. 
And with that background, I was able to build a decent construction business. Not wonderful. I never scaled well. Um, and then and then the economy crashed. I mean, there was a lot in between there. That This is a real short version because I don't want to bore everybody. But the economy crashed. My wife and I were both in the construction industry. She was in the landscape side. I was in the landscape construction side. And basically, we lost everything. We, you know, I, I, I saw my cars getting taken away. My house was getting close. This was 2008. And no work, nothing even remotely close to giving me a glimmer or even a sliver of hope. And my wife went to Japan to go see her parents with my youngest. I've got three boys. And wasn't sure, wasn't sure what was really going to happen with that because I, I wasn't able to get my you-know-what together. And anyway, I fast forward, I talked to somebody. They invited me to an investment club meeting, which I am a big proponent of. I'm telling you, if you want to stay motivated, go talk to a bunch of motivated people once or twice a month. It'll really, it'll get your juices flowing. Met a guy that was flipping mobile homes. I had no money, but I was able to, and well, that's another whole story, but I was able to purchase a mobile home for $100 through just sheer tenacity, door knocking and begging, and ended up making, I don't remember, $14,000, $15,000 on that. And, 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 uh, Ended up losing money on my next few projects, but that was enough to, to get my wife and I going. She came back, almost divorced me because I spent the last hundred bucks we had on that. And uh, through one way or another, we, we ended up getting that done. Like I said, lost a little bit on the next few and then slowly over the next couple of years started making headway. We were making just enough to buy groceries and ended up ended up looking pretty good. Um, and in 2020, we, we look pretty good now. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys built a, a real nice business now, and you talk a lot about that on your page. Uh, a lot of the followers of you and us are new first-time investors. Uh, maybe they ha maybe they're just really fascinated with real estate. They haven't jumped in, and they're looking towards house hacking because you mitigate a little bit of the risk. You can live for free. Um, you don't have to get as great of a deal. Talk a little about what it takes to get your house in order before you even begin to invest. Ah, my favorite subject. Yeah. I didn't have my house in order, and and here's what I went through because of that. So let me start there. I was so ill-prepared to start investing, and, and granted, you keep in mind that I was a contractor. I had a lot of sales experience before I got into this, so I had a couple of tools in my tool belt to help me through, and you know, I was able to scrape together some money. I mean, honestly... Here's the thing. I had so many credit cards that were full tilt when we started, completely, completely maxed out late, way late. And some angel above sent me a credit card with a $2,500 limit on it during that time. I don't know why. I have no idea. But that's what we used to, to rehab that trailer. That is really no way to get started in a business. Now, a lot of people have those stories and they make great stories, but they really don't make a great basis for starting a business. So if you're going to start one, 
you should start with a good foundation, right? You know, you know, a house has a foundation and then you start building it. So the, the best way to do it is, is, is take those small steps and then just move forward every day. Get your credit squared away. Make sure you've got a job that provides income. Look for your money sources. You know, try to get financing lined up. There's so many things that you can do to start the process. Know your area, research, listen to guys like you. You guys are young and you guys are doing it. I'm old and I've done it. So there's a lot of value in what I've got to say, but there's a lot of value in what you guys have to say because that's where most people are starting, right? They're young, they're hungry, they want to do it, but they have no idea how to get, get there. And you guys are the future. I'm I'm here, you know, I'm, I'll keep going with what I'm doing and I'm glad to provide as much as I can, but you guys are the ones that really, you know, need to get the message out there like you're doing and, and people will listen, you know, and, and, but that's it. Long, long answer, but get your house in order, guys. Make sure that um, if, if, if you've got a bunch of stuff hanging over your head, try to clear it up. I mean, you guys know that, right? I mean, you, yeah, I'm assuming Absolutely. That's how you guys got started, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is so true because a lot of people, you know, they they go, especially you get out of college or or you come into real world, and you know, you go try to impress a girl, and you get a car, uh, and then you go get you know new clothes, and you put it on a credit card, and you know all this, and you rack up credit card debt and whatever. And then all of a sudden, you begin to realize that you got to start planning for the future, and now real estate sounds good. Right. But you still got that car and you still got all this credit card debt. Right. And you haven't fixed it. And at some point that's going to come back to bite you if you don't get your house in order. And that's why I appreciate your message. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. I it's it's great. You know, it's funny when I was in college, I only went for a real short time and then I was I was asked to leave. Um, That's a good story, but we'll we'll get to that one someday. Uh, I remember the first day I showed up to college. There was a table set up there. We didn't have the the pop-ups then. They didn't exist. This was back in 1981, 82. Um, There was a table set up, and it was Sears, and they were pushing their credit cards. And it was on campus. And I'm assuming that credit card companies still do that. I don't know. But I got my Sears credit card, and I was so excited. I went out and bought a bunch of tools because I was kind of a – I'm a really bad mechanic, but nonetheless, I like to wrench. And so I went out and bought all new tools and all kinds of stuff. I never made a payment, never made a payment. And that haunted me for years along with my student loans. So, yeah, this it's just a it's a slippery slope. And, you know, if you can think about it when you're young, I don't know, maybe you guys have, have, have talked to other people about it, young people about it, but. You know, that that thing where, you know, I'll do it when I get older, that attitude people have that I always had, you know, I'll save, I'll invest, I'll get my credit squared away, I'll stop drinking and all the things that you talk about doing when you're young that you're still doing. You know, when you're young is the time to start that stuff, guys, because then the habits get set up and I'm 56, almost I'll be 57 next month. Holy crap. Anyway. I'll be 57 next month. And I didn't start till I was 47. And just think about what I could have accomplished had I started when I was, you know, in my 20s. It's crazy. So I, I talk about this a lot with people, given the fact that 
you know, as you progress, right, you, you know, you're young, you get out of college, you have a few years of, you know, maybe getting a job and all this stuff, and then eventually you get married or you have kids or whatever it is. Uh, and a lot of the things that Drew and I do, like house hacking, uh, mm-hmm. become a little bit out of reach. When you have two kids, you know, it's a little bit challenging to downsize or move to an apartment and have neighbors, you know, and, and you got the, uh, you know, the protection element and things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, man, like you're missing your opportunity. You got this opportunity window, right, to sacrifice. You're already probably living in an apartment, right, which most of my friends did and I did at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Not Nothing bad. Uh, but you have this opportunity to do the same exact thing, but you get to choose your neighbor. You get to build wealth. You know, you get to save money. You're not, you don't have a rent, you know, rent payment or a mortgage payment. You get to sort of live for free, build wealth. And that opportunity window, it'll close real fast. It'll close real, real fast if you don't get on it. That's, uh, you know, delayed gratification. I mean, if you put off buying the new car, the big house and all that longer and longer and work and invest later in life, that reward is going to be much bigger instead of setting yourself back financially early on in life. You know, when you start to live at capacity, seeing how much I can afford a month. Oh, this car can be financed for this much a month and I can get this house for this much a month. I can afford that. But then what's going into savings? What's going, what's being reinvested to create a better life down the road? Yeah, it's funny. Um, Drew, you bring up a good point. And let me expound on that a little bit because, you know, when you set up those habits when you're young, I always tell my kids and my kids are, I've got, uh, I can't remember how old I, I know. Drew, you're in your twenties, right? 27. Yeah. Yeah. We both are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a, I'm, my oldest son is 29 and I always tell my kids, you know, if you work and save and build good habits in your twenties and early thirties and, you know, drive a Corolla, drive a, I always tell them drive a Corolla in your twenties, you can drive a Porsche in your thirties. Not that I'm, not that I want them to do that necessarily, but it's the it's the idea it's behind the point, it. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. If you live that kind of lifestyle in your 20s, that Porsche, that Ferrari, and don't think I'm not going to get a Porsche, guys. Don't think I'm not. <laughs> but if you live that lifestyle in your 20s and early 30s, it becomes kind of a mantra for your life. You you Your lifestyle becomes that. And then those things aren't as important and, and it's your goals start shifting. And I think a lot of times people think, okay, I'm going to travel. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this big house. I'm going to get these fancy cars and everything. And, and, and those are awesome dreams. I have no problem with that. But the reality of life is at, at, at my age, especially, I've still got a 16 year old in high school. Our life revolves around going to dinner with friends, going to sporting events for our kids, my kid, um, and my older boys coming over to dinner. And it what we do doesn't require having all of those things. The things that give us true joy, the real joy in life, don't cost a lot of money. Now, we travel, and you guys know my lifestyle. I, I, I have a fun lifestyle. I do a lot of fun things, and I have a lot of fun things, but... That's not the most important thing. So what was it? Uh, there was a book I read a few years. Maybe it was The Millionaire Next Door. Do you guys do you guys yeah. recall that book? Yep. And isn't he the one that talks about what people really actually do with their money when they have money? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that's that's where I'm kind of coming from. And, and that hit me then, but it hits me more now. And I can't imagine in a couple of years when I've got grandkids – 
it's even going to be more, you know, we still go to Japan, still go to Hawaii a lot, but you, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Set up it, those habits it, now and the things that bring you true joy, you'll start doing now. So it, it was kind of interesting. Like that book came out in 96 and Rich Dad, Poor Dad came out in 97 and they were back to back the two best selling books of mm-hmm. basically the nineties. Um, and you know, I tell people all the time, it, they're sort of, they're, they're definitely contradicting stories, right? Oh, like yeah. the ways of life. Uh, yeah. And I feel like I've spent my whole life um, meeting, you know, going right in the middle between books like that or ideas like that. Mm-hmm. And like you talked about, drive a Corolla or drive, a, you know, a cash car in your 20s, right? So that you can drive the Porsche in your 30s, you know, that that mindset. And that's what it is. I tell people, you know, if you can, there was a Chad Carson who wrote a book for Bigger Pockets. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he took the... Um, Beater Cars to a Millionaire, something like that, was the title of his blog post. Um, awesome. And he drove cars like that for so long and reinvested everything in the real estate. And eventually, you know, that wins. That philosophy mm-hmm. wins. Uh, and that's exactly what I've done. That's exactly what a lot of people I know have done. Um, and, you know, they don't, they don't spend money or they don't finance consumer goods. They finance real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And it pays off big. Oh, crazy, crazy big. I um. I've, I've made all of those mistakes coming up, you know, before the recession and I'm not blaming the recession on anything. I blame me a hundred percent for what happened because we should always be ready for stuff. You know, there's no reason not to be ready. It's like a country being ready for war. You don't start building guns when someone threatens you. No, you got that crap in store. You got ammunition. You got all those things. I'm not a war guy. I, I don't like war. I don't like any of that stuff. But it's it's a preparation thing, man. You got to prepare for that stuff before it happens. And then it doesn't hurt so bad. I didn't do that. When that hit, we, then it's my fault, totally my fault. We had, you know, a, a, a toy hauler and motorcycles and a big truck I didn't need, you know, to haul the toy hauler and, you know, a lifestyle that we could easily afford without saving a lot of money at the time. But when when the faucet shut off, nothing was nothing was coming in. We didn't have anything. We had nothing to fall back on. And that's really a really scary place, you know, for a, a, a family with three kids. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what happened to us. We we allowed that to happen. I allowed that to happen to my family. And I never want to see anybody do that. And it's, you know, buying real estate, especially at your age, is so easy to do. People think it's so hard, but it's really quite easy. It might be harder in certain places, but it's not hard. Mm-hmm. And if you do it, You'll be fine through these times. People will still rent. What does Rick say? Rent or buy or live under a bridge. I can't remember what his quote is, but it's a wonderful quote. But people are going to live somewhere and maybe may as well be in your place. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm such a it drives me crazy that people wait so long to do this like I did. And and they put everybody at risk around them without thinking about it. And it's almost it's almost selfish when you think about it. It really is almost selfish to go out and buy a new car instead of invest for your family. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully people think that way. Sorry if I offended and, you. But, and there's yeah. a, there, you know, to every decision we make, there's an equal and opposite reaction to that. Right. And mm-hmm. like the law states. And so like when you, like you talked about, you're stealing from yourself when you buy a car or when you, you know, finance your new, 
you know, iPhone and the laptop and, you know, whatever, all these things that, uh, you know, are, are just are not producing for you on a business sense, right? You are stealing from your, your future self to be able to reinvest mm. or to be able to build wealth. Right. And, you know, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It just, it just, it's so great that guys your age can see that now. And remember when I was your age, there wasn't any talk about stuff like this. Nobody talked about stuff like this. Of course, there was no forum to talk about it. Yeah. There was no forum. There was no anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the opportunity that's available right now to learn and absorb and create online is just astounding. And not doing something about it, it there's no excuse. Not that's one cool. excuse out there. Yeah, and just on the point of just waiting to do it, I mean – this is a long-term game. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. This takes years to build up. So the longer you wait, like, you know, I'll start doing this when I'm 30. Well, mm -hmm. what about those 10 years, that whole decade? Like, what could have you, what could you have done in that decade? And where oh. would you actually be at 30 instead of just waiting to do no, it? No, no doubt. You know, in 10 years, well, you know, I don't know what appreciation is in your area, but, you know, out here the reason I invest in such expensive areas is because I'm doing the appreciation play. Now I am a, I am a cash flow investor, but I'm, I'm really big on, on if you can buy in an area that, 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 that goes up in value, do it, you know, don't, don't not do it because it's too expensive. You know, mm -hmm. Most of my, most of my net worth is appreciation. Obviously it's not because I'm a great saver because I, I don't, I don't pay myself that much. My my paycheck hasn't changed in the last seven years, probably, because I pay myself a certain amount of money. My wife and I are both on payroll to, through our, our company, and we haven't given ourselves a raise. We don't need to, you know. It's it, we're we're fine where we're at, but you know that ten years of appreciation and paying down debt and all those other things that 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 come into it that people don't think about. It's amazing. You, you, a lot of people buy a property and they go, okay, I've got, you know, $400 a month in expenses and I've got $150 a month in, in cash flow. There's my money. Well, I'm sorry, guys, that's not your money. The real money is in long-term holding it. Like, like, like Drew said, is long-term holding it, you know, going in for the marathon, not the sprint. And, you know, 10 years later, you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden, you know, depending on the area you're in and how much you've invested, you could be worth three, four, five million dollars or a million dollars or whatever. So, and, so and that's strong. Ex explain a little bit to everyone kind of the four pillars that you're you're talking about, you know, appreciation, depreciation, tax wise, uh, debt pay down and then cash flow. You talk a lot about it, uh, you know, on your Instagram page and all that. Talk a little bit about like the benefits, all four of those that most people maybe don't see. <laughs> Well, depreciation, depreciation is really, really important. When you can depreciate, well, depreciation is is you get a property and there's a value for the land and there's a value for the structure. The structure, let's say it's valued at $100,000. The government allows you to divide that $100,000 by 27.5 and that amount that's left over, you know, after dividing it is what you get to basically, it, it can change up and down a little bit, but that basic premise means that you can deduct that off of your income every year. So if you're making $10,000 a year, 
you can deduct, you know, four or five hundred dollars off of that just because of just through depreciation. Uh, you have an interest deduction on your loan. You can deduct the interest or most of the interest, depending on what your what your how you're invested. Um, any expenses you've got, mileage driving back and forth, any repairs under I think it's is it six hundred dollars now or five hundred dollars? No, no, no. My God, it's under twenty five hundred dollars now. I just went, I'm just going through this on my taxes. So anything above 2,500 is a capital expense. Anything below is a repair that you can, you can take off your taxes that year. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise you've got to, dep- you've got to, you got to um, deduct it over seven years, I think. But those things are real income guys. It's not fake income. So if you've got a job like both you guys do, I'm assuming, yeah. Um, yeah. and you're making money, that's, you're paying taxes at 30, 32% or whatever, that's real money that you can deduct and you don't have to pay 32% in taxes. Mm -hmm. If you play your game right as a real estate investor, you don't pay many taxes, if any. Mm -hmm. So, and then on top of that, so the pillars, you've got your tax savings, you've got your depreciation, you've got appreciation. So appreciation is an amazing thing too, because it doesn't, cost you anything. It doesn't take you any extra effort. You buy a piece of property for $100,000, 20 years later, it's worth $250,000. It's magic. Mm-hmm. And also you've got rent appreciation. Your rents are going to go up. So there's so many profit centers in rentals and we could go on and on about yeah. that. There's other ways to make money with your rentals, but those are just the, the yeah. I think four pillars you said. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's transition a little bit to house hacking, maybe in, in specific. And you talk to this um, and even people just getting in real estate, but the mindset sort of it takes like going from zero to one. Uh, there's a there's a whole book and, and kind of like a whole mantra about that. You know, the 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 snowball effect, right? Mm-hmm. Going from uh, one to three is a lot easier, I guess you could say, than going from zero to one sometimes, right? Getting that momentum going, takeoff, right? They say that, you know, 95% of the energy on a rocket launch is is right at launch, right? And then the rest is 5%. So like, talk about zero to one, somebody getting in, like the mindset of getting into house hacking or real estate in general. It's mostly fear. Uh, You you said 95% of, uh, you know, the, the rocket ship. So it's absolutely true with just getting started and it doesn't really have a lot to do with finances. It's just the fear of jumping in. I'm, I'm scared that people are going to make fun of me. I'm scared, you know, because I'm buying something that nobody else has. It's the fear of, of doing the unknown. It's the fear of screwing up. It's the fear of losing money. It's the, just so many different fears, but it's all crap guys. It's really all crap. Basically it's all excuses because you just don't want to take the time to do it. It's hard. It's difficult. It's like a job. I'm I'm telling you that zero to one is so hard, but I, I kind of have a saying. Zero to one is really, really hard. One to two is hard. Two to three is difficult. Three to four, getting palatable, but still kind of scary. You get up to 20, which if you keep going, you will, and you'll get there before you know it. Now you've got a rhythm. And and once you hit 20, you've established enough momentum to where your income will be pretty consistent, yeah. but you got to get to that first one. And I, I can't, I can't make you do it, but you've got to go out there and, and 
I kind of tell people the best way to do it is take those little steps every day. So when you're at lunch, instead of standing around the water cooler BSing with your friends about what you did over the weekend, stay at your desk, stay, sit in your car, whatever. Research some areas. Find out. Go, go to open houses. Figure out what you can do to move forward just a tiny bit every day so that you can feel mentally like you're making progress. Get your credit squared away. Save money. Get qualified for loans. Find private money. There's a million things you can do to get ready. And then you got to take the step to do it. And that's difficult. But keep in mind that everybody here, all of us included, um, did that one time. And we're all alive and well. We're doing fine. So it's, it's um, very going. Sorry, going from zero to one, like how do you mitigate that fear? Like what you're saying, taking those daily steps, does that mitigate that fear? Absolutely. Or do you suggest you have to push through that fear despite? Oh, well, you're going to have to push through the fear too. But if you... I'm a, I'm a firm believer in taking massive action, and, and that's kind of how we got where we are. But at the same time, when you're starting, you've got to take little steps because you're scared to death to go. I know a lot of guys that just went out and did it. Uh, maybe that was you. I don't know. But a lot of people need time, and I understand that. So during that time, take little steps. But you need to have a specific date and goal in mind. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to keep taking little steps for the rest of your life. Um, don't, don't, uh, don't keep listening to us. You know, don't podcast out all day. Don't YouTube out all day. Don't Instagram out all day on people that are actually doing things. Get out and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I, I've got no great advice for pushing through that last bit of fear to actually make that purchase other than just friggin' do it. You know, you, you, you have yeah, to, yeah. you have to commit to it and do it. Uh, you know, you guys did it at a young age. Um, it's a little scarier out here. Our prices are a little scarier, but it's still possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing, uh, biggest advantage to house hacking and you can house hack many different ways, right? You can buy a single family house, live in it for a couple of year, years and then move out and rent it out. You know, there's many, you don't have to do the duplex or the rent by the room or, or some of the things that we do. Um, but you only, you, you know, they have 0% down loan. They have 3% down loans. They have 5% down loans. When you're getting an investment property, as you know, right, mm -hmm. you have to, which I work, you know, as an agent, I work with a lot of these and I know you do as well, Mark. Um, is you have to have 20 to 25%. You have to have reserves, right? The bank's going to do a thorough, uh, you know, credit, you know, you have your credit has to be aligned, right? There are a lot of things that go into it. When you're buying a, a home, you can have weaker credit. You could have just the down payment. They have down payment assistance. You can draw from a 401k, right? You can, uh, you know, you can do some unique things to get into mm -hmm. property because the U S government incentivizes a home ownership for, you know, primary residences. When you jump in, when you're trying to become just a, a traditional investor, it's much harder. And that's the advantage of, of yeah, house hacking. I agree. And, and, you know, I did a sauce, my, my protege, yeah. he's 22. He's a pretty on fire guy. Uh, we did a, a YouTube video on that. I don't know, about a month and a half ago, I guess on, on hacking a house here in my area. So it was a four bedroom house and, you know, he's a easy FHA, you know, loan. It was 750,000, give or take. And I think, what are the FHA limits now? 775 or some crazy thing? Yeah. Well, that's my area. Yeah. Um, I think it's nationally too, though. But Okay. And we, we hacked this thing to death. You know, we really went in there 
and I knew the neighborhood, so I knew the house was hackable, but I wasn't sure how hackable. And so I love doing those videos and we'll do more of those because it, it really does speak to people that are just starting. But so imagine buying a $750,000 house. You know, I don't know what that is in your area, but here you get about a 2,000 square foot four bedroom house. And this one had a, a, a foundation failure, but that's not part of it. We ended up finding a way to seal off the living room, which still left the, the living room slash, I mean, the dining room slash family room for a living area and renting out basically five bedrooms in this house mm. and actually being able to break even. Mm. So you think about that. You have a $750,000 house you can break even on. Yeah. And you, and you live in one and, and rent out the other four, which, of course, is what you guys preach. Yeah. And then, and then over 30 years, now all of a sudden that house is worth 1.5 million or whatever, right? And you got it paid off, you know, 2.5, there you go. And, uh, you know, and, and, and you got it paid off and you live for free through that whole time. So everything you made in your job or whatever, right now you can reinvest or, or save or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, we totally agree. It's, it's astounding. It's just amazing that people are scared to do something that's so good for you. It's like working out, right? It's like, Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But when you do it, you feel good and you look yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that, you know, I, I did another video or I don't know. I do so many videos. I think, I think I actually went over, I did no on that particular video. I think I actually did the math on a flip chart right before that video. Just go to my YouTube. I don't have a hundred videos. I got 10. We'll put in a link. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, there's there's a good video on there where I do the math on what it could be worth and how much money it, it, it's it's really simple math, you know, and if you can do that for a few years and then get rid of all the people that are there and move a family in mm -hmm. and let them make the payments for you. And at that time, obviously, you've already done a couple more. Mm -hmm. You're golden, guys. Yeah. I mean, if you do something like that and you're only able to get, say, four houses you know, especially in our area, if you can get four houses that are paid down, let's say you start and you can do one every three years. And at the end of, you know, 12 years, you've got four houses. Well, now you've got, what is that? Three, six, six, a little over $6 million in real estate in today's dollars. Yeah. But rents around here on those houses, if you're just renting to a family, believe it or not, around $3,800 in rent. So you apply my 40% rule, which some I know where you're at, you use the 50% rule. But out here, we can do about 40% because um, our rents are high. Um, you do the 40% rule and, you know, let's say the rents are 4,000, 40% of that is what helped me, guys. You're younger. Um, you know, you got four houses. That's you'd be a, like 1,800 or whatever, 1,700, 1,800. So you've got... Uh, let's say, you know, $2,200 left. So you've got almost $10,000 in income coming in once those houses are paid down. And that's from doing nothing. Yeah. That's from doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, Sounds like a good retirement account. Yeah. You know? and, and you've got how much, you know, how many millions of dollars in assets. So that's, that's pretty cool. So let's transition a little bit in that. Cause I love your 40% rule. Um, and it really, it really depends on where you're at in, in our area. You know, I often use the, uh, I, I vary between them and I tell people all the time, like, you know, getting fixed on 50 or 40 or whatever, some of these rules, you have to know where you're at 
You have to yes. know the taxes you pay. You have to know the income you're you're making, uh, the other variable expenses. But that is a common mistake that maybe newbies forget about is all the other expenses, right, on properties. And that's For why sure. a 40 or 50% rule is awesome. Talk about kind of how new investors should start evaluating properties. You know, 40% rule, what are some of the other things as well um, that can help them? It's the, you know, the quick and dirty way to evaluate a house is is 40% expense ratio plus debt. So in other words, you're going to take your property taxes, your property management, your your CapEx, which is CapEx is all the big expenses, roofs and water heaters and things. And you're going to take your repairs, which is your light fixtures and things like that. Um, what else am I missing here? Sorry. Oh, uh, landscape maintenance. Um I don't know if I said property taxes, utilities, um, any vacancy, vacancy, vacancy. Yeah, I usually seven, I usually use 7% on vacancy. Um, and I, I put all those into a a quick formula and it come, it comes out to about 41 to 42%. Some are a little bit lower, some are a little bit higher. So I just, I just go at 40%. And then you've got your debt which is whatever your loan payment is. So those are your monthly expenses. So it's really super easy to figure out what if, if, if a place is gonna work or not. Okay, so once you've figured out that, yeah, this looks good, then you're gonna go into the actual expenses. But I caution you, and I know you guys agree with this, even if it comes out to 30% because you're gonna be cutting the grass and you're gonna be doing the repairs and you're gonna be managing it, and it's never going to be vacant and blah, 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 blah. Still use that 40 to 50% yeah. rule. I mean, like I said, 40% in my, mm-hmm. probably 50% in yours. I, I don't know. I, I know yeah. you use the 50%. Yeah. Um, don't ever stray from that because that's where you get in trouble. Because one day you won't be managing it if you have units. Mm-hmm. One day you won't be doing the repairs. One, There's going to be a lot of times that come. And one day a tree is going to fall through your roof. Trust me. That happened. Mm-hmm. Yay! That, me too. That, that, that happened to me. Yeah, or, just, or you'll get termites couple, in your tree. Just a couple weeks ago. No way. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So you've got people displaced, and of course, insurance is going to take care of everything. Yeah. Not really. So always be ready. And and another thing is make sure and take all that reserve money, your capex expenses, your repair money, and your vacancy, and put it in a separate account. And I'm usually pretty good about that. Um, but you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? Uh, put that money in a separate account because you will be using it someday. You can draw down on that once a year. If you, if you have, you know, five units and at the end of the year, you've got $40,000 in your, in your, in your fund, you can draw down on that. But I'd suggest not doing that for the first two or three years. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. I think I did a video last night. I don't think I did. I did. And it was about, there's no profit this week in my rentals, none. I mean, this is a guy, I've got $10 million in real estate, which is not huge, I know that, yeah. but nonetheless, it's a decent portfolio. Yeah. And I'll have no profit this week, as diversified as I am, because so many stupid things happen and yeah. nothing I could control, but be ready for those storms. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're always taking two steps forward and one step back in the rental business. 
And it and it yeah. kind of comes back to you talking about getting your house in order because mm-hmm. even you know as a new new investor, right? We need to get our personal finance house in order. We need to get our credit score right. We need to get our consumer debt paid down. We don't want to be over leveraged on this side to where it affects our our you know investing ability. But then it also comes back to once you start house hacking, right? You have a house or two. You also want to keep your house in order in that sense, um, right. you know, because you know getting six houses all at once and having no reserves and then getting wiped out by a market cycle or, you know, like you talked about the faucet turning off, you know, that's no good either. Uh, and Craig Kurlop, who wrote the house hacking strategy book for bigger pockets was on the show. Mm-hmm. He talked about kind of the similar thing, how each property, you know, he'll build up 10,000 reserve for each one. And so the first six months or a year or whatever, he'll funnel every dime into this fund and then he'll go on to the next property, you know, mm-hmm. and there's different strategies. Um, but making sure you have your house in order while you have property is super important too. And that's a great point. I I totally agree, and you guys both know how I feel about um, you know taking taking your rental profits. I, I'm not a big believer in that. If if you've got to live on your rental profits while you're still building your portfolio, now let's just focus on that for a second. So many people are doing this so they can quit their day job, and I get that. Nobody wants to keep their day job once they start investing. And you guys may be looking at this as a way to not have a day job. And I'm, 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 I'm slightly against that. I, I'm really, really big on people keeping that day job for as long as possible until the rental business becomes so much work that they can't handle it anymore. Reason being is because then you don't need to spend your rent on living and you'll have much more to invest. So you can compound on top of compounding. And most people don't realize that. I I see so many people talking about, you know, I quit my day job. I quit my day job. I'm 27. I quit my day job. And I'm 47. No, 57. Holy crap. 57. Sorry. And I'm not going to quit my day job ever. I like what I do, number one. But number two, you know, I, I... I flip houses. I'm a real estate agent. I wholesale. Um, I'm involved in other kinds of deals. My wife has an online business. We're not quitting anytime soon. Mm -hmm. All that money we make, we can reinvest or just live on it. We just live on it. Yeah. And Um, I think that's the big uh, takeaway that I I have come to conclusion as well, right? Because there are a lot of people that promote, you know, uh, quitting your day job and and there's some validity to it. But I think the bigger thing is like you talked about uh, right now is getting to, there's a book called Work Optional and it kind of gets into the realm of quitting your job. But the biggest thing that I took away from it is the fact that if you, when you start building rental income, kind of where I'm at, um, Mm -hmm. you now get the choice of leaving maybe the job you're in now to go towards a career that you'd like even more as a real estate agent, flipping house, you know, like uh, being able to, you know, grind. I work for, I have basically three jobs, right? I'm, I have a day job. I work as a real estate agent and I also own the properties and, and manage and, and stuff like that um, to where my wife and I are working to go full-time as an agent and an investor. We're kind of getting to that point. And that's the thing that real estate allows you to do, do what you actually love. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't quit and sit on a beach because you're probably not, it's probably not gonna work out that way, you know, but yeah. quit to do what you really love. Yeah, that, 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 that always kills me. I remember, you know, years ago, there were all these like Dave Del Dotto and people on TV about getting rich in real estate. And I was looking at it, it was late night, you know, of course. 
And they're always sitting on a beach with a computer. And well, back then there was no computers in their lap, but they they were sitting on a beach, you know, drinking a drink and money's flowing in. And it doesn't work that way, guys. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. um, money doesn't flow in unless you make it flow in. Yeah. And having that job is 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 so important. And you guys are doing it right now. You know, it's so funny that you 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 bring up doing what you love. I uh, you're going to find this hard to believe, but in school, in high school, in my one year of college, I got a scholarship uh, to my college, my university, because I used to sing. Yeah, I know. I can see it. Nice. They'll give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Mark the contractors. Yes. Yeah. But um, I, I enjoyed performing. I was uh, an actor and, and I really, really enjoyed that. And I stopped doing it. As soon as I got booted out of college, I went into framing houses. And that's pretty much, you know, that's my background now is, is, is basically a hard labor, which I loved. And now that I'm back doing kind of what I do is my daily videos and things. It's almost, it's performing and I am having so much fun with it and enjoying it and talking to guys like you and, and being able to share experiences back and forth. I have found much as my wife has, she's doing the same thing, albeit in Japan. Um, we've both found that this is truly what we love to do. Now, can I make money with it? I'm not even trying to make money with it. At right. this, I just enjoy the heck out of it. Yeah, I'm certainly spending a lot of time with it. Yeah, but um, but I love it. So I've found something that I really enjoy, and my day job kind of supports it. So yeah. uh, you know, even if you can't do what you love, my point is that even if you can't do what you love, find something that you love that your job will allow you to do. I 100% I agree. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and that's why I appreciate you. Uh, you know, so much. You know, you can just feel. Um, you get a sense of people real quick, you know, even on the online space and you can just feel you and Rick, uh, are just two genuine people that love, you know, you're just having so much fun with it, you know? And I mean, you could go, you know, and buy another 10 million in real estate, but it wouldn't bring you the joy that maybe this is and communicate with Rick and Instagram lives. And, you know, it's just something that you oh, enjoy yeah. doing and, and that's what real estate allows you to do. Uh, and you know, it is a little bit of a fairy tale. All these people, you know, Passive income takes a long time to build up. You know, I tell people all the time, I mean, especially as a house hacker, it's not very passive. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I, at my day job, I deal with a lot of crap. I don't deal with that much crap in my re rentals, maybe once a month, maybe once every other month, you know, but you do deal with stuff. You do have to go, you know, do certain things or at least hire people to do certain things. Uh, but it's it's worth it and it allows you to do what you love. Well, it does. It does. It, but it's funny how, you know, you bring that, you bring up a good point. When that stuff happens with your rentals, I don't care where you're at. It still blindsides you every time, financially, mentally, physically. And you've got to be ready for that. This is, it's a job. It's, it's, you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think Drew and I were talking about it before is there's no such thing as passive income. D didn't we talk about this, Drew? Oh, uh, we, we may have. Yeah. Okay. But there's no such thing as passive income. I've never seen it. Now, I've heard about it. You know, you, if if you if you're lucky enough to have a trust fund and it's invested through a family office, and they're calling all the shots, and you trust them, and they're doing a good job, I guess that's the closest thing to passive income you can get. But you know, other than that, no matter what you do, requires work and risk. And 
if 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 you think getting into this doesn't involve that, you've got another thing coming. But the rewards are, you guys know, the rewards are crazy. Yeah. And at your age, at 27, you know, by the time you're, okay, so I started when I was 47, right? Okay, it's dead broke, mm-hmm. you know, 100 bucks to my name, a couple of quarters. Yeah. And just think about where you guys are going to be at 47 compared to me starting at 47. I, I'm astounded at I'm it's crazy what I think you guys will be able to accomplish in that amount of time I'm just you know it excites me I I I wish I hope I'm alive at that time and we're still talking and I'm sure we will yeah well hopefully (laughs) it's not that far off right (laughs) no I'm 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 really excited to see how you guys grow specifically because my favorite you are my favorite video on the entire internet is Gary Vaynerchuk talking about passive income and, you know, he just, you know, and I really respect Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a hustler, kind of like you That's are and, and a lot of other people. Um, and, uh, you know, his, he's like, it, it's, it's all basically crap, right? It's just people selling you on this fairy tale of, of living on a beach. But there's very, very, very few people that are ever able to, you know, accomplish that. And you have to, you know, you have to realize that because you're going to be super disappointed if you think that's what it is. But it's rewarding and it's worth it. Real estate is, is 100% worth it. You talked about the you talked about the four pillars and all the benefits. Uh, but the biggest thing, at least from my point of view, is it's allowing us, where my wife and I are now, starting to shift to towards what we love more, right? Mm-hmm. And we we spend money on the things that give us gratification. Where you know we help out in our community and and starting to do more things like that, right? And we're not as money focused because a we essentially live for free. Uh, we've been doing that for a long time, and you know you just it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about, you know, being the master of your own destiny too. You know, there's a, a, a billion memes and 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 uh, on Instagram and everywhere else about you know, don't build somebody else's business, build your own. But it's really true. If you don't work on building your own thing, there's no guarantee that the thing you're in now is going to be there tomorrow. The only guarantee is what you make for yourselves and the the things that you build for yourselves. I I'm I've had so many opportunities in my life that have gone away that I thought were going to be the greatest thing working with somebody or working for somebody else. And there's nothing guaranteed there. If they decide that they don't want to do it anymore, or you guys get in an argument, or they downsize, or they go out of business, you're done. You are done. And if you've got your own portfolio of properties, even if one goes bad, you still have others to back you up. Mm-hmm. So that's the only that's the only way you're ever going to have a consistent income is by building a portfolio of properties or having a product that you can sell. But even then, people can stop wanting your product. But people are always going to ha- need to live somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just to expand on uh, the passive income thing, too, just because it's not passive doesn't mean it's not simple. Um you know, if you want to get started, we believe that house hacking is the best way to get started. It lets you learn the game. It's mm-hmm. essentially like training wheels to become a landlord, an investor, all those things. And you can follow a model that other people, other successful people have already done. Mm-hmm. So just because you're not getting this easy sit back on the beach passive income doesn't mean it's not simple, but it's work. And you have well, to put in that work. You know, you 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 make a great point. It's it's easier. Okay. You're going to, you're, let's just say you've got to live somewhere. Okay. Let's, that's a given, right? We've all got to live somewhere. 
and you can live at your parents for free or you can live in your own house for free and house hacking allows that. Now you may have to pay something in an area like this and it may be some work, but it's still going to be cheaper than paying rent. And if you don't take advantage of that while you're young, um, I don't know who, who brought that up earlier. Yeah. The, the, the opportunity window with, with kids yeah. and yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, if you don't take advantage of that now, Bradley, you brought, you brought it up. If you don't take advantage of it now, it's going to be too late. It's like I tell my kids, you know, after college or if you don't go to college, you know, take a year and go travel. I'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. It's on me. You know, I'm not going to you're not going first class. You're not staying in hotels. You're staying in hostels and you're living out of a backpack. But go travel for a year. It's on my dime. And because the opportunity will never come up again until you're old, older, generally. To yeah. do that. And yeah. it's going to be a different perspective at that point. Then you're going to want to sit and drink coffee instead of going out to nightclubs and having yeah. fun doing things. Yeah. And then settle down. Take advantage of it while you can. It's the same thing with investing. You can, even as a couple, even with young kids, you can live in an apartment. But when those kids go to school or high school, you've got to be in the right school district. So you can take advantage of it right up until those kids go into school. Mm-hmm. And once that starts, you know, it's it's all over. It's yeah. all over. And and you've got that 10-year window, you know, between 20 and 30 where you can really kill it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, aligning yourself with the right people. A lot of times you talked about the baby, you know, the kind of the baby steps, the small steps it takes to go from zero to one uh, for newbie investors and aligning yourself with with people and, and sharing their confidence, you know, a lot of times is another key. Right. Because it is very frightening. I, you know, I think back to back, you know, when I was 20 and I bought my first place and it was a disaster. I lost everything. My tenant got murdered. You know, I lost every dime I ever put into the house. Um, And it was a frightening experience. And then going back and starting over and buying another one was even more frightening. Right. But uh, and I didn't really align myself with people. I just I just somehow, you know, just, you know, push through that. But I can I can sympathize for people's fear. And, you know, and, and going to meetups like you talked about, um, getting on Facebook pages or, or in, you know, and, and aligning yourself with people that are maybe doing it or, or in early stages and loaning each other confidence is huge. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. If it wasn't for that when we started, I don't know what I'd do. And I'm a, I've always been the guy that keeps everything real close. And I think that's stifled my growth over the last 10 years. You know, when I come up with this brilliant idea. Uh, whatever it is at the time, I don't want to share it with anybody because, or in the past I didn't, because I was afraid someone was going to steal it and run with it. You know what, guys? Nobody ever steals your ideas and runs with them. No one actually, very rarely, moves forward. Yeah. They read, they watch, they consume, but they don't actually do anything. So if you've got a great idea, no one's going to steal it. You don't have to worry about that. And sharing it makes it real. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping it inside you doesn't, you know, I think the hardest thing was, I think the hardest thing when we were starting this whole thing was keeping to ourselves, number one, and number two, not getting rid of or managing the people in our lives that didn't believe in it, didn't believe in us. And I think the best way to handle that now, and and I'm sorry if that wasn't a question, but I know this comes up a lot for me, is what do you do with people that think you're full of crap? I don't talk to them about what I'm doing. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, no, I mean, huge. now I can because obviously it's, it's different now 10 years later. But I just don't talk to them about it. There's people in my life that are going to be in my life regardless, you know, family members, uh, you know, sometimes it's a spouse, not saying it's mine. Obviously, she's on board. Um, it can be your older kids. It can be your brothers and sisters and things like that. Guys, seriously, people are going to judge. They're going to judge you. And if if you know your friends and family are judgy, then just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to share with them. Like Bradley said, go someplace where, where you can get people of a like mind and where you can get pumped up rather than brought down. And everybody else, all the naysayers, don't talk to me. If someone says, oh, you're doing that real estate thing, say, oh, yeah, you know, sort of just dabbling in it. Yeah. And don't talk about it again. Yeah. And then someday someday you can talk to them about it and share with them and show them how you did it in a loving way and, you know, not put it in their face because they're scared. Because people, I don't know, you're not asking, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it. People are scared of change. And if it looks like you might be moving up, they're going to get more negative generally, the people closest to you, because they feel like you're leaving their circle and they don't Mm -hmm. want to leave. They like the Mm -hmm. old, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. The uncomfortable yeah. part for them is the fact that you're growing, expanding, making more money and doing things for yourself. That's scary for them. So don't look at people. Don't look at the naysayers as people that hate you or don't want you to succeed. It's not that. It really isn't. It's a psychological thing for them. So, you know, have have not pity for them, but 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 empathy because they they don't understand. But yeah. if you succeed then you can share it with them and hopefully bring them in. Mm-hmm. And this this is a point that we have never brought up on the show. It's something I think about often, though, uh, is the fact that house hacking is so foreign. It's such a foreign concept, right, oh. to live with people. Um, and especially, like, at a place where I work, which is a Fortune 500 company and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, higher income earners. And, you know, I, I don't I don't talk at all about house hacking, really, you know, because it's just such a foreign concept to most people. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is really important, you know, that you're going to get discouraged if you start shouting out, you know, these ideas to people and they're all pounding you back down because that's exactly what they're trying to do. They want you they want to feel comfortable with you in their circle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so let's all be the same. Let's all buy a bigger house than we can afford. Let's all, you know, finance our car and have huge debt and watch the Super Bowl and just be happy with our lives. Uh, you know, and uh, so, yeah, that is this is super important conversation. Yeah. and. You know, there's a there's something I've been I've I've always believed in, and it's a I don't I don't I think I coined the phrase, and it doesn't matter if I did because I've never heard it before. But I'm a always been a firm believer in quiet money, and quiet money is something that people people can't see it. They can feel it kind of, but they can't see it. And you know, that's the best way to do this sort of thing is you don't want to. You don't want to do a lot of flash. Number one, you should re- reinvest that money. But but quiet money keeps the spotlight off of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you start wearing the Gucci belts and, and driving the Porsches, which uh, I told you before, I'm getting one. I'm yeah. going, going to do it. Um, and moving into the bigger house, people start noticing that. Mm-hmm. And that makes you a target. So that's a, again, that's a whole nother discussion. But you know, quiet money is important. And I, I, I want people to think about that, especially as you're growing, yeah. you know, you want to get a little louder later on. That's fine. But when you're growing, you should just keep your nose down. And, and, and there's a, 
concept, you know, I listen, I listen to a lot of different people cause I just like to hear their, their concepts about it. And like Dave Ramsey, um, you know, I, I'm, I think Dave Ramsey has his place. I don't necessarily agree with everything that he has. Um, but a concept that, that he talks about, um, is so important in retrospect to what you're talking about. He talks about like the law of averages. So if mm-hmm. you buy a new car, right. Uh, you, you know, showing up to the golf course, you can't bring those 15 year old clubs anymore. Right. Or people will be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> driving in a Porsche, having 50 year old golf clubs, you know, hand me down golf clubs. You know, yeah. you better go, you better go buy a 4,000 pair, you know, $4,000 pair, well, you know, whatever of golf yeah. clubs. And, and when you go to the bar, you know, like, you know, you have to maybe buy around now and, and all these law of averages that when you put yourself in a position, you, when you buy a bigger house, now you got to fill it with furniture. You got to fill yeah. it with decor. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just a, he calls it the law of average average. Um, and it's so important to at least think about because for every decision, like we talk about, for every decision we make, there's an equal and opposite reaction, if, whether we know what there is or not. Um, and, you know, with with housing purchases, with car purchases or just whatever, mm-hmm. you have to know, at least know the equal and opposite reaction. Otherwise, it's going to bite you. Well, I, I that's a that's a great point. You know, I never I guess I subconsciously thought of it that way, but I never really heard it said. I, and I've, I've, I've listened to Dave Ramsey. I, 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 that may be where the baby steps thing came from. I don't even know where that came from. Uh, just something I've always kind of believed in and put a name on it, but I agree with that. And especially in my area, I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but not quite as much, huh? Not quite as much as you do. You know, not quite as flashy as where you're at. You know, we we have so many friends that live in, you know, five, six, ten million dollar houses just because of the area we're at and and the school that my son goes to. Um, we don't in any way, shape or form live like that. And it's not because we don't want to or because we do want to. It's just the way we are. Um, so I can see that I can see that in, in all, all around me. You know, one of my friends, there's a really high end neighborhood about three miles away from my house, but it's it's in a different world than our world. Mm-hmm. And the houses there start at two million for a teardown and they go up to, you know, six or seven million. So it's a for Newport Beach, it's it's probably a middle to middle high neighborhood. Crazy as that seems. Mm-hmm. And. I talked to my friend that lives there and he said, you know, they've lived there for a long time. And he said, you know, it's amazing. A lot of trust fund people live there and a lot of people that are just getting ready to lose everything. He goes, it's so, you know, when you get down and have a couple of beers with some of these dads, when, when we have the family parties and stuff, you know, they don't let on, but after a couple of beers, they start talking sometimes and it's just scary money that they're borrowing to, to keep the Range Rover and keep the Porsche in the garage and have the big house. And of course, like you said, the furniture and the trips and the clothes and oh, geez, Louise, it just keeps going and going. It's I never actually thought of it that way. I mean, I've always known it, but yeah, yeah you brought up a good point. It's just a really fascinating concept that, you know, my wife and I think of every time we make purchases, right? Like just the equal and opposite reaction. Uh, and um Set for Life, Scott Trench had a book that completely changed my entire concept of money. And, you know, like Dave Ramsey talks about variable versus fixed expenses, uh, you know, where he'll talk about the latte factor and, you know, yeah. and don't drink your Starbucks and all that stuff, you know, save money in there. And where uh, Scott Trench talked about, um, you know, yeah, that may represent 2% of your total budget for the whole year. But if you attack housing and your vehicle, you know, that's 50%. 
And now you can go splurge at Starbucks every day of the year, and you're really not going to dent that much into that 50% you're saving, you know, and like, right. uh, that's just the thing we think of, you know, let's live the life that we want to, let's have some fun. Let's go out to eat with friends if we want to, right. Uh, you know, build relationships, go on trips. Uh, but let's be very, very, very mindful of attempting to live for free with house hacking, driving, you know, we pay our cat, you know, pay our cars off. She's got a nicer, you know, a, a, a relative five-year-old car or whatever, but it's paid off. We don't, we don't, we don't have car debt. Um, and we live for free and then that allows us to live a more meaningful life on the variable stuff. Yeah. And and that's another thing. I I think, I don't know, two days ago, three days ago, I had a video on, uh, frugal versus cheap. I'm frugal and I've been cheap and cheap is no fun. No one wants to be around cheap. Cheap is annoying. They won't shut the hell up. They have opinions on everything you do. And Cheap is annoying. No one wants to be around cheap. Mm-hmm. Frugal, on the other hand, has a good time. They're the life of the party, but they went to Costco and got a bulk price on the beer or the wine or the sandwiches or whatever, rather than going to the place in town in Newport Beach where you can get the label on top of the you know sandwich or the mm-hmm. bread, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just being more mindful of how you spend your money and respecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, people have such a lack of respect for the money that they've got. Yeah, you know, they spend the majority. People don't work eight hours a day anymore, man. I, I work fifteen hours a day, and people have such a lack of respect for the amount of time they put into making money. It's amazing how much they uh, don't respect the money they make. How quickly they, they dish it out. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to a foreign country? Uh. Just Mexico and Canada. Okay. So, Drew? Just Canada. Okay. So, I don't know if it's relatable or not, but whenever I go to a foreign country, it is so much easier once I once I exchange my money into the, the currency of whatever country I'm in, it's so much easier to spend the money because it doesn't feel like real money at that time. And I completely lose any and all respect I have for money. Nah, that's not completely true, but yeah. it's really easy to lose respect for money because you've changed it into something else. And in, in, in the United States, we have the same crap going on. It's called credit cards and debit cards and lines of credit and things like that. And you completely lose respect for money. If you carry money in your pocket and you pay cash for everything, you feel it, you know it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's a really, really great way to help you with your expenditures when you're walking around town, grabbing a coffee, grabbing a sandwich. What is it? And I, we're, I know you guys are going to cut this up, but I had two instances and, and, and then, well, you, you guys can pull reel me back in two experiences in the last, you know, few years with people I know and remain to be, you know, I'm not going to tell you who they are. Um, but one of them, um, friend of mine, wife, a couple of kids, more than a couple, and they're Starbucks fans. And seriously, I mean, he walks in every morning with a Starbucks. I know the wife always has a Starbucks. The kids get Starbucks. He's pays for paying for it. And then they always do it in the evening too. And we're talking maybe 10 Starbucks a day at four bucks a pop plus a tip. Right. What does that come out to? 50 bucks a day? Right. So $350, is that $350 a week? 
Is that right. astounding or what? And right. you don't feel it's it. 1400 a month. That's, uh, you know, over 15000 a year just at Starbucks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then one of my guys um, that works for me, construction guys, he'll go out and buy stuff in the morning. And, you know, he'll get a 12-pack of Cokes, he'll get a case of, case of water. And this is just for him and two other guys. And, you know, packaged food and stuff, all this stuff at 7-Eleven and spend 50, 60 bucks every morning. And then he goes out to lunch and buys lunch for the crew. Like, bro, you're spending easily 80 bucks a day on air. Or it's not air because when it comes out, it ain't air. But <laughs> seriously, 80 bucks a day that is coming out of your pocket that would pay for probably all your expenses at home. Yeah, yeah. And it just astounds me. Live your life, enjoy your life, have a good time, but just be mindful of those little things. Like you, you guys are saying the same thing. Um, so, so my brother's a contractor, and every yeah. time I go out with him, it just blows my mind, right? Because all of his workers, they set, you know, we have speedways out here. I don't know if you guys do as well, but they stop at Speedway for for breakfast. They'll get a coffee and and bagels and smokes and two Monster Energy drinks and you know maybe yeah. even a a, a, a a Mountain Dew for the you know it, it's just. You know, it blows my mind. They got this big old bag like they came to coming out of, you know, Walmart or something. Yeah. And uh, and then they'll go, you know, to fast food for for lunch. Then on the way home, they already blew through their pack of smokes. So they get stop and grab another pack of smokes. Maybe they'll grab some beer for the night, you know, at the at the convenience store, which is, you know, instead of, uh, you know, uh, a 24 pack for 20 bucks, they get, you know, two for five or whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, and, and then they get, you know, this and that. And I'm like. It, just, it blows my mind. And then they get dinner on the way back home. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's not. And then, and they're always broke. Yeah. They can afford all that, but it's really tough to pay rent and it's really yeah. tough to make the truck payment insurance yeah. payment. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really, it's not, that isn't even a mindset. I, I can't even call that a mindset. A mindset would be something that you develop to correct that. I think, I think that's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it, Carelessness. It's something that we're not taught, you know. I think it shows the influence that other people can have on you because, you know, talking to you guys has a very positive influence on me. But on the reverse, you know, people that are carelessly spending, it could have a negative influence on you and kind of bring you into those habits. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it, it goes along with picking your company too. You know, you're, you guys are probably better at these quotes than me because I'm, I'm I'm not real good at remembering them, but you're you're the product of the five people you hang around most. Is that correct, or seven, or yeah, whatever? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. the five, five is and, usually. And it's true because you know you can feel yourself adjusting sometimes when you're around certain people. You know, I'm around five people all the time, and one of them's here, and one of them's here, and one of them's here, and it's like uh-uh, uh-uh. you kind of adjust yourselves a yeah. little bit. And if everybody's all up here it makes a big difference. And I don't, I've never quite mastered that. I have people that I hang around that I really look up to that, that are really, really good for me and people that, that aren't, you know, you know, uh, it just is, it's just life. But again, I think that there's, there's the eternal question is, is how do you get rid of the people in your life that don't bring you up? You can't guys, you can't, you can limit your time with them. You can limit what you tell them. But 
more than likely you're going to have that around. You just have to be strong enough to get past it. But yeah, I mean, that, that contractor thing, and I see it every day. You go, I don't go into 7-Eleven very often, but whenever I do, the guys are in there yeah. grabbing stuff. And these guys are making 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. And they're grabbing 40 bucks worth of stuff. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I get the experiences every single day. Uh, I'll go into, you know, my day job and, you know, people make some money. So there's a little bit more, you know, um, whatever, but they're a little bit more mindful of their money. Right. They don't, they don't really got to show off for their job too much. Um, you know, there's a little bit of element of that. There always is, uh, you know, but then I'll leave and I'll go, uh, do my real estate agent gig. Right. And I'll take clients out, but I'll go back to the office. Right. And then there's the, you know, in the real estate industry, there's a lot of showboating. Right. So a lot of the agents I'm with great guys. Right. But they, you know, they got to drive the nicest car. They got to, you know, buy the, buy the steak dinner every night, uh, that, you know, they got to, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, agent life, you know, lives with, and then I'll come back in a circle like this, which I really, you know, and talk to people like you and a lot of my other friends who live more of a fruit, you know, not a cheap life, but a frugal life. Uh, mm -hmm. and we're very mindful, you know? And so every single day I get to experience like this realm, you know, and it's just a, it's just a merry-go-round for me experience, you know, living in different people's shoes and realizing, man, this is, this is like, this gets old, like needing to re-impress people every single day. Yeah. And, and you, you brought up a good point earlier that compounds, you know, the, the more you do it, the worse it gets, you know, especially if you're trying to keep up with friends that have more money than you, that's a good way to go bankrupt. You know, there's people out there that actually do have money that have a lifestyle and I, you know, I'm around them and you have to be really mindful of that. You know, when, when they say, Hey, we're going to go to Vail for the weekend. Do you want to go? It's like, yeah, I could go skiing for the weekend. All right. We're going to take a net jet. So, um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you the account, you know, and it's like, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> something, something came up yeah. and I'm not going to be able to make that, uh, you know, a net jet to veil. I don't know. I don't know. It's gotta be about 15 grand, 20 grand. Um, come on. All right. <laughs> but to them, it's, uh, some of these people are absolutely in that position where that's, Absolutely. That's like us taking the kids to Disneyland, which is actually pretty expensive. So, you know, you got to be you got to be really careful about that, too. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's one thing to hang around people that bring you up, but don't try to rise up to their level with them. You know, yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's a slow, yeah. steady crawl. Yeah. And you got to be really careful with that, because a, a lot of times they're not mindful of it. They're not bad people. They just don't realize where you're at. Uh, and and and, you, you know, they say, hey, let's go out to dinner. And you go out to dinner, and usually we just split the bill. Whenever we go out to dinner, we mm -hmm. split the bill with whoever we're with. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you have more. I don't drink, so usually the bill's skewed a little bit. But it's I, I don't want to be cheap, so I yeah. go let's just yeah. split it three ways, four ways, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, we'll we'll go out with some friends, and it's like, oh, good, good lord, yeah. <laughs> There's two car payments if we had car payments, right? <laughs> so so you have to be careful with that too, as you right, as right. you crawl up to hanging around other people that are, are, are more successful than you. You have to be mind, mindful of that. Right. Awesome. So, uh, we know you got a you know, busy day today. We'll get you out of here pretty soon, but we got a question we always ask every guest. Uh, and it's sort of what separates house hackers, you know, the people that actually do it from those that, uh, never actually get around to house hacking. And it could be even deeper. Like what, what separates people that are the action takers from those that just fantasize about taking action and getting in real estate? Two things we've already dropped. We've already talked about them. 
you know, the one thing that's going to stop you from doing it is, is th- th- there's a mental part, but there's also a physical, actual, real part, which is buying monster drinks for breakfast in the morning. It's, it's not being mindful of your money and not respecting it. That stops most people. Until you get your house in order, you, you don't have the mentality to do it and you're going to lose. So if I think that's what stops most people is it's, it's up here. Because if it, was a, if it was a money thing that stopped us from investing, none of us would ever invest because most of us don't start with money. Is that correct? That's absolutely really correct. Don't. So I think it's mostly mental. I think it's, it's, either, it's either fear or a lack of self-control with your, with your money or a combination of both. And once you can conquer that money thing where you, you respect your money because of how hard you work for it and you and you love it and you cuddle it and you grow it and you send it off to work every day so it can come back with more you know money works look at every dollar bill as a as a as a little worker and mm-hmm. that little worker goes out to work every day and it comes back with a, with another 5 cents mm-hmm. and so it's getting a little bit bigger every day mm-hmm. weird analogy i guess but no it's it's absolutely money, that's what money is and 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 if you don't respect it if you go out and spend your money on silly things that just you put things in your body that exit the next day, right? We kind of touched on that earlier. So let's just be rude. The stuff that you're spending a lot of money on every day leaves your body every day. And it is not an investment and it brings very momentary pleasure, if any pleasure at all. You know, the monster drinks, the cigarettes, the beers, the wine, the fast food, the expensive restaurants, all those things like that. That's where we're spending most of our discretionary income, guys. Really, honestly, Mm -hmm. it really Mm -hmm. is when you add it up. Yeah. So get your house in order. That's what's stopping most people from investing. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't feel like they can do it. But, you know, that's 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 something they have to, to, to get their arms around, too. Everybody can do this. And spending time, like listening to guys like you, you know, get in with your peer group. You know, it's great to listen to the old guy that's, that's been doing it for a while. But this old guy started doing it 10 years ago. But, you know, listening to guys like you that are actually doing it at 27, you know, before you're 30, that is where you need to be. Listen to guys like me to know what it can be like once you've been doing it for a while. But listen to guys like these that are actually doing it now and building and that will help you. It, it's, it's one of those things where if they can do it, I can do it. it that's really true, but get your house in order first so that you feel good about yourself. You know, clean up your mind. The thing I appreciate most about you is here in the Midwest, you know, we have a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more respect for money. I, I would say, you know, I've traveled a little bit around the country. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of different attitude here in the Midwest, you know, it's a little bit more blue collar, maybe, uh, in the fact where people go to work and, you know, they, you know, uh, maybe have a little more respect, not, not a lot, you know, but out on the coast, you know, especially in Newport and, you know, Orange County, uh, there, there's a lot of flash, right? I mean, every time I go out there, I'm amazed by, you know, how many Porsches are out there and, and, you know, everyone's got a Gucci belt. And, you know, we talked about some of these different things, some of these different status symbols, I guess. Um, but it, it's, it really is, uh, awesome to hear it from a guy like you, you know, I mean, you've built, you know, an impressive portfolio, uh, and you live out on the coast and you're still like, you know what, 
I'm not, you know, I'm ch- not cheap, but I'm mindful. I'm frugal, you know, and uh, and uh, I'm not going to go take a helicopter, you know, for 15 grand to go, you know, on a ski trip and, you know, and things like that. I'm going to be mindful and, you know, yeah, we're going to take the kids to Disneyland, but, you know, we're going to do it because we're mindful and, and uh, you know, and continue to reinvest and send our money out to work every day. And so, yeah, I really appreciate the message. Oh, thank you. Guys, it's all about balance. It's all just balance. And, and do the things you enjoy. Don't do the things that you think other people are going to enjoy watching you do. You know, don't don't live the Instagram life. It's the it's a that's the hardest part now, I guess, of of. And thank you for the compliment. Um, that's the hardest part right now, I think, is that there's so much out there competing for your eyeballs and everything you see looks so good. And. It's such momentary happiness. Mm-hmm. Really think about the things that make you happy. What makes you joyful? What brings joy into your life every day? The little simple things that you do and, and concentrate on those. Because mm-hmm. buying something isn't going to change that. Because a new car doesn't smell like a new car in a year. Yeah. And, yeah. and it doesn't feel any different than your old car in three months. Eh, maybe a little bit better, but... Really seriously, it doesn't give you that spark of joy that 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 you had the second you got into it. Mm-hmm. So just know that that's fleeting. But you know the things that you do with your family and the and the camping trips and things like that that you do are just it's so important. It's so easy, you know, when when you become uh, maybe a, a you know a hustler or grinder like you are. You know, working working fifteen hours a day. I know Drew and I you know do a lot of that as well. Um, oh, you know, yeah. like like there's uh there's I, I battle with this all the time. There's like that you know. Everyone's competing, like you talked about, for your eyeballs, your attention, uh, your money, right? And so you're working, you know, you're working your tail off. And there's always that little whisper in the back of your ear from commercials and, and you know, uh, a- advertisements on Instagram and whatever, you know, just saying, hey, you work so hard, like, go buy a new truck, go buy a new vehicle, you know, like, like you work so hard, like, you know, you deserve that new watch or, you know, you, you deserve that vacation, you know, to Italy for, you know, you know, which all these things are, you know. Not necessarily bad things or good things. No, no, no. But, of course. but the but the harder you work, the easier it is those temptations become to be like, you know, you deserve this. You know, like you work way harder than, you know, Joe over here. Joe Joe only puts in eight hours and goes home and plays video games, you know, and he's driving the new car or he's got the new phone or whatever. Like, you know, you deserve that. And it does get dip, more difficult sometimes to uh, battle those off. Rather, yeah, it, it totally does. But that's just because you're living a life that that through other people's eyes and you know you need to really step yeah. back and look at what makes you happy and yeah. so many people don't do that they you know especially around here you mentioned it you know you look at my not so much anymore because i've kind of whittled my instagram feed down to the people that i'm really that interact with me yeah but you know i for for first you know three or four months i was on instagram of course i you know connected with all my real estate, you know, people around here. It's crazy the the money that they spend every night. And I know these folks, and a lot of them really aren't doing much, but they're going out to Javier's, which is, you know, it's at least 120 bucks for a plate of food and a couple of drinks. And, and they're kicking their heels up. And it seems like every night, and maybe they're just posting old pictures. I don't know. But you know, you know, they're going home at the end of the night going, oh, that was fun. Thanks so much. And they get in their car and go, oh, my God, I've got nothing coming in and I got to make my car payment tomorrow. And I just spent two hundred dollars yeah. and I'm going to go do it again tomorrow night. Yeah. 
So and yeah. and now now they have to right. They've created this image to where now they, they you know no matter if they want to or not they have to if they go take somebody out you know and they're driving the Lambo they have to pick up the tab or you know yeah yes absolutely yeah yeah it's expected it's yeah. expected. There's a there's a guy I can't remember he had a he had a YouTube video out just a couple months ago and then and the premise was this group of people sitting at a table and they're all talking about how they're doing this and that and and oh yeah we just got back from Aruba and oh yeah you know our chalet and this and this guy goes hey have you seen my new Porsche and he pulls out a picture of it and everybody's going ooh, ooh that's nice that's nice and then the bill comes in and he goes I'll get it don't worry and he looks in his wallet and it's like oh sure okay and he puts a credit card down, and of course, it goes through. Yeah. And he gets in his car and drives to his little apartment, <laughs> and he's got a stack of bills. And it's like, oh my god, I can't afford it. It was just, it was priceless, and, and it, it broke my heart. But it was priceless because there's so much of that going on around here, and young people see it, you know, especially young people in those areas because they're expecting that lifestyle to continue when they leave their parents, which is not going to. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a sickness, I think. It's, yeah. it's just a sickness. Yeah. There's a, there's a term for that too. Like as you start to make more money, you start to buy more expensive things like a uh, lifestyle creep. And that's something like mm-hmm. creating that image, I think is a part of that lifestyle creep. And if you just, you know, budget, stick where you're at be like, this is what I'm going to do for the next X amount of years and just stay on that path and avoid that lifestyle creep. That's, I mean, that's really going to get you ahead and. You know, it's funny. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about lifestyle creep. I like that. I'm going to use that. But, you know, I don't know if you guys caught that earlier, but, you know, I, I told you my wife and I are on a salary and we haven't given ourselves a raise in, I don't know, seven years. I don't know. But it's funny. I, I bring that up not because I'm bragging about my frugality, but we've actually are able to save more money from, I mean, I know it's kind of a game we play. We've got our companies that mm-hmm. are Mm-hmm. making money but we kind of use the mindset and pretend that the only money coming in is our paychecks and we're actually putting a little bit more away every month or we have more to spend whatever however mm-hmm. you look at it um but my checking account is getting bigger you know slightly mm-hmm. every over the past like three years and it's we're doing more, we're traveling more, we're doing more things, but it's our, our, our bills are getting less. You know, we had a couple of cars that were financed for a while there when we were coming out of the recession and, and got rid of those. Now the cars we have are paid for. And so bills are even kind of going down a little bit and, you know, we can even afford to put our son into a, a private school that, that would cost a lot of people, half of their yearly income. And I'm not saying that to brag by any stretch. I'm not, I don't mm-hmm. brag any. Right. Right. I don't, don't have to, don't want to, but that is because we are mindful, mindful of what we do and be, and we're careful with what we do. And yeah. you know, granted guys, we could probably go out and do a lot more and we do every once in a while we go crazy. We'll go mm-hmm. to Europe for two weeks and, and we don't go crazy, crazy there, but we enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Um, or go out to eat or whatever like that. We go out to eat a lot. Um, but 
you don't have to have the lifestyle creep. You know, you, you, I do that just because we don't need any more money to live on. Uh, you know, I can have it if I want it. I just go mm-hmm. to my bank account and take it out, but I don't. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a lesson only in that I never lived that way before. Every time before, when I make a little bit more money, I'd spend a, the lifestyle creep. You make more money, you spend more money. And I, mm-hmm. I love that lifestyle creep. That's good. Um, killing it, Drew. Yeah, I heard I it from someone I else. I, I wrote that. I wrote <laughs> just that regurgitating that. information. No, we all are. It's something we heard. <laughs> yeah. something. We don't just don't know where. But if you can, if you can learn to live on what you're making now and have a good time, that means you don't necessarily have to spend more money as you make more money. So that's something. That's something to really be mindful of. Is 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 not increasing this this this. What do you call it? Creep. What is it? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Don't don't let it happen, and you guys will make you'll make so much money. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so much. So, so uh, transition maybe into books, kind of on the same topic though. Um, You know, usually we talk to people about books on mindset or business, but maybe like maybe what are some books that uh, newbie investors or people just getting started on the journey, which are most of the people that listen to this podcast, uh, what are some books that can help? you know, delay gratification to help, you know, mitigate lifestyle creep or, or books to just set the tone for maybe the rest of your life. In, that, book, as that, that book that I'm going to write. Yeah. Yeah. That book. I, you know what? I, I think Drew and I talked about this last time. I'm, I, I had a couple of books there and I read books like right now I'm reading a uh, blue ocean, which is a, uh, a really interesting book. Um, but it's, it's more of an advanced business uh, type thing. I, I have to go back. You found that book that I told you about, right? Did you ever read that one? Yeah, the uh, buy and hold one. Yeah. 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 Really old school, really, mm-hmm. really down to earth. I like that one because it's an easy read. It's really cool to hear him like refer to stuff that are that's buzzwords now, like house hacking and burr. And like all these buzzwords that we hear, but they didn't have terms with those definitions. And, and yeah. to read about that and see him talk about that, it, I just thought that was cool. The dude was old school, man. So mm-hmm. that I like that kind of stuff because there's we're inundated right now with so many books, and people get an idea, and it's like, hey, I'm going to write it, and I'm going to I'm I'm really going to get it out there and make some money with it. And there's so many out there right now. What? Someone just sent me one yesterday. I am so sorry, guys. I, no, no, no. I no. spend most of my time working uh, yeah. on my business, and I and I and I read. I used to read about three or four hours a day, and now it's about three or four minutes. And this is up till about a year ago. Um, I told you before, rich dad, poor dad is what turned my mind around to investing. Even though the premise of the entire book now, I I went back and read it a couple of years ago, and it was like, well, that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, not little... very, it's not very thorough but the the uh, millionaire next door that you brought up earlier i mean that's a great book for people to kind of set the tone and realize that people like you you know that have built substantial wealth most of them aren't the ones driving a lambo going back to the apartment yeah. with a stack of bills right yeah. the, the, the everyday people that take their family for two weeks to europe right they drive you know you, you i'm sure you drive a nice car that you know that that, that gets you from point I a to point b but it's not I drive a 2013 F-150. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that's that's the premise of the whole book. Yeah. You know, they. I think they had a whole section about most millionaires 
uh, at least when they did this survey. And I know his daughter re um, redid the book in 2016. I haven't read it, but I heard it was good. Um, but uh, but most bo- most people have a two year old vehicle that they paid for in cash after the depreciation came off the lot. You know, they buy it at two years old or, or something like that. You know, yeah. and and that that's a great book to set the tone. Yeah, the other one, uh, another one, the, the lot. I, it's called the Latte Factor. Yeah, if you've read that, that's I have not, but I've heard about it. Okay, so that one, and and again, any book you read, you're going to get little pieces out of little nuggets. Generally, there's a lot of fluff, and uh, it's like when you watch a YouTube video, they usually give you the good stuff in the last minute or two, and most books are like that to me. I, I read it and I go, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's good. So I, I'm, I'm going to push through this Blue Ocean book. And the premise of that one, and I'm not saying for anybody to go out and buy this right now, but the premise of it, and, and it, this is good stuff. The premise of it is that there's red oceans and, and, and blue oceans. Blue oceans are clean. There's nothing there to hinder your growth. A red ocean is where there's a lot of sharks and a lot of blood in the water. So you look at three Band-Aid companies that are competing with each other with the same product. Those those are basically sharks, and there's a lot of blood in the water. Everybody's competing for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got this new Band-Aid that comes out that actually closes the wound and sterilizes it, and it's got all, this, it's got all the Bactine and everything on it. It's, a, it's an all-in-one Band-Aid that... that trumps all those other band-aids and it's a blue ocean band-aid that blue ocean band-aid has no competition they've created their own market so and i'm just using band-aids i have no idea why that came up but anyway um but you guys hopefully understand the premise of the book and it's it's books like that that i really enjoy it's not so much the content of the book it's the way it makes my mind think it's like okay so i I wholesale houses, I flip houses, I sell houses, um, and I own houses. So how can I make my business different than everybody else's? How can I provide content like for, for my listeners that is different from everybody else? Mm-hmm. So that's something that, you know, as a business person, and now we're going down a, a rabbit hole here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something as a business person that's really important. So when I read a book, that's what I look for. I look for new ideas and you're asking for what new new investors should do so i will circle back to that sorry about that um and i and i'm gonna say you know a book like rich dad is is a great book because it teaches you the premise of yeah you shouldn't be working for somebody else you should be working for yourself Mm i.e invest and have a day job though Mm -hmm. um and the latte factor teaches you a lot too because you know, that latte adds up to X amount of dollars per year, which if you retire, I'm reading a book right now and I can't remember the name of it, but they extrapolate how much money you've got to put into your retirement account in order to pay for a latte every day or a cup of coffee every day. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's taking each little thing. He's like, okay, now if you want to buy a coffee every day, you're going to have to put 30000 invest $30,000 to give you enough return, blah, 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 or $8,000 you're going to have to invest. And that that brings it home. Anything yeah. that anything that flips your switch to 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 change your to change your habits and change the way you live is a great book in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I agree because I don't have I don't have anything right now that, that that comes to mind. Last time I thought about it when Drew asked, and I was going to do it this morning. I knew you were going to ask this. Um, 
but next time when we talk, I'll have some books. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Mark, we, uh, we really, really appreciate you coming on. I mean, you're genuinely one of, you know, at least for me, uh, my favorite person to listen to, uh, because you're so, you know, you're so genuine. You can tell you don't really have an agenda. You're doing it for the love of the game, uh, mm-hmm. helping people, um, you know, and, and, and then plus the fact that you're in such a, you know, um, high end market, and you're not you're not one of those guys flashing out the you know the your car and and you know because a lot of the people that I see on Instagram from the coast you know they're they're showing off their their Benz and and you know their their new car and their Rolex and all this stuff uh, and that's how they bring followers in yeah and where you you're just like no this is the you know this is a long game keep your day job right keep reinvesting don't reinvent the wheel. Right. You know, and uh, so we really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys so much. I, I appreciate you, too. I've enjoyed both of you. You're refreshing. You know, a lot of the guys I talk to in my everyday life, you know, aren't quite like that. And and I, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing and what you guys are doing for everybody else, too. You know, giving someone the, the hope that they can get started. You know, it's all great. I can talk about I own this and I own that and that. That means nothing to anybody. That's, like you said, that's almost like a Lamborghini. That doesn't mean anything to me where I'm at right now with mm-hmm. my $15 an hour job, you know, and, and a baby. And, and right. that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't that's, help me. doesn't mean anything. So yeah. what you guys are doing is really important. I'm, I'm just kind of showing what can happen if you do it for a while. But you guys are living it and doing it. And you've got your day jobs. And you know, I'm I'm so impressed with both of you at the age you are. You know, I just anytime you guys want me, I'm I'm here. I I I, I truly respect what you guys are doing. So Thanks, Mark. It was a great episode. I always love listening to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I do ramble on though. No, it's all yeah, good. It's perfect. It's all good. Thanks. Uh, all right. Well, you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. New episodes released every Wednesday and Friday.